Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast. I am Dustin Owen, that man over there, his name is John Coleman, and we are going to light your eyebrows on fire with the content of today's episode. Do you know why we're going to light some eyebrows on fire, JC? I don't know, but I see three books sitting here on front of, in front of me on the table, and I'm not in class, so it looks like we're about to learn reading. It looks like we're going to learn some reading. So here's what happened. True story. I get uh, a message from Vince in Indianapolis. Shout out, Vince. Shout out. What up, Vince? And uh, Vince is like, hey, Dio, you should do a whole entire show with Coleman. He was mm-hmm. like specific, with Coleman. Yeah. Shit only Dio would say. Okay. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. I don't know if we could put that together uh, quickly. We might have to go through some of our recordings. And Dio-isms. Dio-isms, yes. Okay. Um, uh, full disclosure, early on in my sales career, there used to be like a little running joke in the office with like only shit Dio would say. Nice. Um, it wasn't always positive. I think people were laughing <laughs> at me, not laughing with me. Correct. But laughing nonetheless. Vince, I promise in the next 50 episodes. Okay. Because we've cranked out over 50 episodes in just this is, five months, this six is months, episode right? Episode 56. Yeah, we're like six months into this. Yes. So, Vince, within the next 50, we will do a show that is shit Dio would say. Yep. But similar to Vince, Melissa up in Atlanta. Was a little bit more reserved in her request. Okay. And she she says, hey, I, I listen. I try to tune in as much as possible. Not all of your episodes are great, but most are. Nice. That was her words, not mine. Truthful. So thank you, Melissa. And you're always referencing books. Yes. Books that you've read, books that you recommend, maybe books you don't recommend. Yep. How about you just do an episode or a show on books you've read, who the authors are, and why we should read them? Sounds like a great idea. So if you'll indulge me. Okay. We're going to light some eyebrows on fire. Let's do it. Because we're talking about reading. And the first thing I want to I want to disclose, mm-hmm. dispel. Correct. Okay. You're not going to make it very far, especially with me, because I'll call your bullshit. If you try to be like, hey, Dio, I can't read nonfiction. Because every book that we're talking about, this is not book club. Uh, it is. It's book club for business. It's not book club like what you do with your friends Correct. while you're drinking wine outside of work. Correct. No, these are nonfiction books. These books are... Business-related, entrepreneur-related, drive-related, um, self-help-related. So they're nonfiction. Mm-hmm. So I've heard too many times, oh, I can't read nonfiction. Ah, it's too boring. I'm like, motherfucker, you can't read? <laughs> like, seriously, you can't read? How'd you make it this far in life without being able to read? No, that's not what I meant. What I meant was I, I don't like reading okay, nonfiction. Okay, or you don't want to. Yeah, better yet, I don't want to read nonfiction. You don't want to read. So then let's call it like it is. You don't want to. You're not willing to put in the time or the effort. Correct. All right. So I call bullshit because I wasn't always a reader. I was an average at best student. Mm-hmm. Um, I have taught myself to read and I started with just 10 pages a night. That's one of my questions. What kind of reader are you? Because I was like the best part for me when I read a book, if I read a book, is turning the page because I get someone like, all right, I'm making it somewhere. But 10, I, 10, 10 pages a night. Okay. If you can do 10 pages a night, most of these books, although when you flip through them, they're like 250 pages. Don't let that freak you out. Scares me. Do this. See how many pages are references, appendix, um, acknowledgements. Mm, Okay. What you realize is a 250-page book is probably like 210 actual pages of reading. Sounds like my essays in college. A lot of fluff. A lot of fluff. There you go. Um, And that'll actually be a little bit less daunting when you realize that book is 
I don't know, two-thirds of what it, it actually is in terms of what you have to read. Yep. And then you break it out in 10 pages at a time. And then dedicate. Dedicate that you're going to do this every single night because if you do, you'll read a book a month, a little bit over a book a month, right? Okay. A book every 21 days, really and truly. And if you read a book a month for just six months, you read six books. John Coleman, I'm going to ask you, if you read six books between now Jeez. and – I almost said spring break like we're still in college. <laughs> but between now and March 15th, yeah. how does that measure up to the books you've read over the past five years? Like would that have doubled? Oh, that, well, I would say exponentially, probably quadrupled. Okay. Yeah. So, so you you've read one book in the past six years. That that that. Literally, I, yeah. Probably probably yeah. one or two books. Okay. Cool. So did I. Yeah. I was just right there. Yeah. Right. So now the only difference is I always wanted to be a reader. Like mm -hmm. I admired people who read. Correct. But I just I'm the guy who went out and bought the book. Never read them. Never read. If they're collection items to me, I, I would go to Barnes and Noble. I love Chris book. Mm, smells great. Three pages in, toss it away. You know, but I never threw them away. But are you one of those weirdos that loves the smell of oh, the inside I of a book? I love the way it smells. Yeah, to me that's like rubber cement. I love you, the way of rubber whoa, cement. Rubber cement. Yeah, rubber they cement. They huff that. It's glue. <laughs> they huff that stuff. But like that, I like gasoline. I like the way Home Depot smells. I like fresh lumber. Well, I would say Home Depot. Which department? As soon as you walk in, just the lumber soon, department. As, you, you, you walk in lumber department. As soon as those double doors open up, I love that yeah. smell. I got to work at a Home Depot lumber department in college. What was that like? They paid good back then. That's why I took the job. So I was working at a pharmacy uh, back in the day. They're no longer around. It's called Eckerd Pharmacy. CVS bought them out. Correct. And I was making five fifteen an hour. Yo. And someone told me, like, a friend's, my parents' friend's son yeah. was older. He worked at Home Depot. They paid $7 an hour. And I was like, I'm making five fifteen. Yo, I remember if you got a job at Home Depot Lowe's back in the day, you were bawling. Yeah. Yep, and uh, that's literally what I did, and I worked there part-time all through college. I was able to invest in the 401k as a part-time associate. I was able to do the um, employee stock purchase plan as a part-time associate. Look at that. Yeah. Was, so, shout-out to Home Depot. <laughs> shout-out to Home Depot yeah. on that rabbit hole we went down. Yeah, exactly. So, back on the books. Yes. All right, so 10 pages a night. Yep. Um, and I did the whole 10 pages a night because I was also part of 75 Hard. So if you've been listening to most of the episodes, we've referenced the Mental Discipline Challenge 75 Hard. Yep. I'm actually uh, day 27, doing it again, trying to do it again. I've tried to do it two other times and failed. Okay. So I did it once, succeeded, tried it twice, bailed out on both of them. I think I'm going to make it through this time because I'm on day 27. Solid. At this point, I'm going to I'm gonna yeah, make it. Sure. Nice. Yep. So in order, I have five books that we're going to review. Okay. Book review with Coleman and Dio. Okay, it. and I'm gonna do them almost in order. Okay. Right. So I, I saw where you recently did some playlists for us on the YouTube channel. Yeah. So check out the YouTube channel, folks. Um, we have really cool playlists that are categorized based on what it is that you're trying to achieve. Basically, lumping like episodes together. Correct. The five books in order. Okay. I would start with mm -hmm. Atomic Habits by James Clear. You've been, you've been uh, pumping that Dude, a lot lately. Yes. Well, A, I just finished it. But I finished it. I gave it to my wife. She finished it. Wow. And in return, our son is going to read it. At least he promised me, our 15-year-old. Family heirloom now. And yeah, look, James Clear, as an author, why it resonates with me is he is in his 30s. Mm -hmm. And he speaks not old and crotchety. He speaks fairly in tune and hip. And everything that he is teaching is how to create positive, influential habits in your life. Hmm. 
But Atomic Habits, the reason why I think it's the first book people should read, especially if you're not in a uh, consistent avid reader, is it teaches you how to put one foot in front of the other. Mm. It teaches you how to create good habits that'll make you a more successful person that will last you a lifetime. Mm. And throughout the book, he, he James Clear, the author, uh, ties in real-life examples. So he talks about the difference between an Olympian and a non-Olympian has nothing to do with raw talent. Like, obviously, for an Olympian, raw talent gets you to where you are on the cusp of making it mm -hmm. as an Olympian, right? In mm -hmm. order to be an Olympian, you have to have raw talent. Mm -hmm. But there are many, many folks who have superior talent that ever make it to be an Olympian. Mm -hmm. And he says an Olympian becomes an Olympian because at some point in their athletic career, they have been able to habitually train and accept training even when training becomes boring. Mm. So they have developed the habits that whether the training is exciting to them or if it's boring as hell, it doesn't matter. Mm. They're still going to do it. Gotcha. So it talks about if you want to become a reader. Okay, don't say, I'm going to read this book this week. Yeah, that's what happens. Say, I'm going to read 10 pages a night. Let's say you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't like what you see. You want to make a transformation. Maybe it's because you went to the doctor. The doctor tells you you have high blood pressure. You're going to have to go on cholesterol, medicine, what have you. Maybe it's just because it's aesthetics and you're as vain as you and I are combined. <laughs> yeah. And you just don't like the way you look and you yeah. want to look differently. Mm -hmm. He says, when you exercise and when, when you diet, and let's, let's say exercise spe specifically. Okay. Don't make exercising about how you look as soon as you finish. If you do, you're setting yourself up for failure because no one works out once, looks in the mirror, and says, oh, my God, I look amazing. I know. Make exercise about how it makes you feel when you're done, mm -hmm. knowing that if you consistently exercise every single day, that after a certain time period, you'll turn around and you'll see a different person in the mirror. Absolutely. So those are part of, of setting atomic habits. Uh, some other things that he discusses in the book, Atomic Habits, and there's four levels. And I don't want to ruin the book because I want you to go out mm -hmm. and buy the book and I, I want you to, to read the book. But... In the book, it, it, it spells out everything from changing your environment. Mm. So sometimes when you're trying to create a new habit, it's about surrounding yourself with people that maybe already live a lifestyle where that habit is being done. So an example he, he gives, and I love this story, it's um, talking about our soldiers in Vietnam in the 1970s and the percentage of them that used heroin. And there's a large percentage used heroin. Yet when they came back to the States, something like 90% quit using heroin. Kicked the habit. All because they changed their environment. Ah. Because if you look at heroin and opioid statistics here in the U.S., only like 25% are ever able to kick the habit. Hmm. And the reason why, they don't change their environment. Makes sense. It's the whole adage of you, know, you are the company you keep. Yep. If you want to become a healthier person, if you want to run marathons, if you want to do triathlons, then maybe join a club and start hanging out with people who do that. Mm. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, go places where successful entrepreneurs hang out Makes sense. and feed off of them. Yeah. So that's the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Obviously, that is um, a tiny little snippet of what it is, but it is the first book I would recommend anyone read nice. before we get on to the others. And by the way, I'm going I'm to uh, um, spotlight five books. Okay. There's way more than five books. These are just the, the, the five that came to mind 
today when you and I discussed doing this based on Melissa's recommendation from Atlanta. Sounds good. All right, so the next book. So you finished Atomic Habits. Great. This is Atomic Habits is going to allow you to make small changes to your life that will end with even greater changes over time. Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Okay. By far one of my favorite books I've read. All like, time? All time. Okay. All time. So what I like about Chris Voss, the author, is that he's a blue-collar guy who ends up matching wits with Harvard and MIT professors. Mm. People who teach at some of the most prestigious universities skills on sales and negotiating. A blue-collar street cop from Missouri has the ability to actually match wits and out-negotiate them. Like debate club type stuff? Like debate club type stuff. Mm. Although Chris Voss professionally ended up being the FBI's number one hostage negotiator. No way. But he's blue collar. So it wasn't like he was this MIT, Mm -hmm. Harvard um, intellectual type. No, he was a street cop who had to fight his personal story. He had to fight and claw and work to even be looked at by the FBI because the FBI first laughed at him. Hmm. But what Chris does and never split the difference is he teaches the reader how to negotiate, how to negotiate whether you're a parent talking to your child, Hmm. whether you are a spouse talking to your your significant other, whether you're in business and you are trying to land that multi-million dollar deal, Mm -hmm. or whether you're going to the used car lot trying to buy a car. My ears are perked now. Tell me. Tell me everything. you got. Tell me what he teaches you because I want to learn how to negotiate. Yeah. Read the book. I, well, read the book. Ten pages a night. But this is a book that what I love is that he teaches the 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 subject and then ties it into an, to a cop story, to an FBI story. So if you're a person who likes watching shows like CSI or Without a Trace or Profiler, like, yeah, this book is really cool and interesting. And, oh, by the way, you're going to learn these life skills. This, to me, is a book that I need to read again. And there's very few books that I've said, oh, I need to read yeah, it again. I've, I've very rarely heard you say that. Yep. This is a book that I need to go back and read it again. And without giving away too much, uh, here's the one thing that I carried with me from like the first week I was into reading it and still today, almost a year later after reading it. Okay. And it's the phrase, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to do that? If you ever want to win a negotiation, how am I supposed to do that? I usually say that when my wife asks me to do something I don't want to do. Yeah. How am I supposed to do that? Hey, hey, honey, I hear what you're saying. And you're saying, so you're in a mirror. These, oh, are, yeah, all, these yeah. are all things that, by the way, uh, is, are taught in Chris's book. But you're going to repeat back to her what she mm-hmm. said. So I'm hearing this. You want me to do this, mm-hmm. but still do. So do Y while still doing X. Yeah. How am I supposed to do that? I can't clean the dishes if I'm busy playing Xbox. Yes. Are you, well, no, not like that. <laughs> Say, you know, I, I I need to do I need to play Xbox. Yeah. Because Xbox does X for me, yeah. Y for me. Yeah. It makes yeah. me feel a certain way. Yeah. I understand you want me to do the dishes. How am I supposed to do that? Interesting. Her goal is probably going to be, well, how about if I do half and then you do half when you're done playing Xbox? Mm. Okay. Mm. Maybe maybe you won. You found a compromise right That's there. Right. But the title. Never split the difference. And by the way, I bastardized that. Correct. I'm not Chris Voss. <laughs> I've not studied what he has studied. But in a nutshell, yeah. that was really cool. Like thinking of ways that the phrase, how, how am I supposed to do that? Yeah. How it could, could help you be non-confrontational mm-hmm. as well as elicit the response you want. Yeah. I mean, he talks about talking in your, 
late night radio DJ voice. Because if I talk to you like this and I'm trying to get something out of you, you're not going to see me as a threat. No, I'll be like, so, <laughs> so, so changing your voice inflection, yeah. but the, the book itself never split the difference. What he means by that, it, it doesn't mean don't compromise, okay. but let's talk about certain times in life where splitting the difference doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Let's use you, you and your wife. You're going out to a big event. It's for mm -hmm. her employer. You're getting dressed and you want to wear brown shoes. Mm -hmm. She wants you to wear black shoes. Okay. Okay. So if you compromise there, you would end up going to her work event in one brown shoe and one black shoe. That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So you sometimes can't split the difference in life. Okay. Because you get an outcome that makes nobody happy yeah. and is equally, it's, it's, it's triple horrendous as yeah. what it would have been whether you were all black or all brown yeah, shoes. Yeah, 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 it makes sense. So never split the difference by Chris Foss. That's book number two. Okay. Now, at this point, we've kind of gone business heavy, yeah. right? Or personal development heavy, mm -hmm. mental stuff. Yep. Let's get off of that. Okay. okay. Harry let's, Potter? No. No. <laughs> no. I'm no. no. Let's, let's go inside okay. our bodies. Let's think about things like heart disease and cancer. Okay. And let's start living a healthier lifestyle. Okay. So something that my wife is – a certain book my wife's been asking me to read for the past three to five years is a book by the name of um, – well, the author is Michael Pollan, and the book is In Defense of Food. In defense of food. In, I am. Okay. In, in defense, defense. Like you're defending okay, gotcha. food. Okay. In defense of food. Okay. Okay. And it basically says, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. That's it. And it's only 200 pages. And it'll be a nice breakup after you've done Atomic Habits and never split the difference to really start focusing on the things we put in our body. Because a... A healthier body leads to a healthier mind, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, the, the more energy, the less lethargic we are, the more focus we have to achieve certain, certain aspects. Correct. Well, when, when you study what Michael Pollan is writing about, he's writing about the Western diet sucks. And it's, it's statistically proven the Western diet is one that, that those that follow it have way more heart disease. Mm -hmm. They have more cancer than any other diet out there. And big business is, is to blame. A nutritionism is to blame. But what's really cool about the book when you go to finish it, and by the way, the reason why I read it is because I convinced my wife to read Atomic Habits oh, true. If, yeah, if, okay. if I would read In, in Defense of Food. Ah, yep. We split the difference. See, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, on, on that one, yeah, we, we split the difference. <laughs> um, but I, I, loved, I love the book so much, I'm thinking about buying too many, quote, unquote, and leaving some in the break room. Oh. Because... He talks about like certain principles. If you want to eat healthy, quit overthinking it. Mm -hmm. It's not about this particular diet and that diet, macros and macros, mm -hmm. and uh, this one's South Beach and this mm -hmm. one's Atkins and this one is name one of the newest trendy diets right now: the Subway uh, diet, the uh, uh, what do you call that, that that thing? Keto. Keto diet. Yes. It, throw all that out the window, okay, and just do this. As the book says, eat. Well, I'm trying to read it. Like, I don't want to screw it up. Eat food, period. Okay. Not too much, mostly plants. That's... So in the book, here, here's what he... And, and look, it, it gets real science-y and real, real detailed, but he keeps it real for the most part. Um, if you're reading... If you're reading... If you're eating foods mm -hmm. that are packaged, you're probably already stepping in the wrong direction. But it's so easy and convenient for me. If you're picking up a packaged food... And it has more than five ingredients. You're probably stepping in the wrong direction. 
but I need to cook for my kids. I don't have that much time. It's interesting you say that. You don't have that much time. But if by eating healthy allowed you to extend your healthy life, not your life, there's many people due to medicine that live a long life, but 20 of those years are freaking unhealthy and they're propped up by medicine and chemicals. If you are able to extend your life, but more importantly, your children's lives by six years because you took the extra 20 minutes or 40 minutes to properly prepare and shop for the right foods, isn't that a fair trade-off? I can't see the tree through the forest, Dustin. That's a long time away. Yeah. But then when they Bullshit. get there, when they yes. get there, they're like, God damn it. Yeah, why, why didn't I? Don't don't be Steve Jobs, right? We all we all have seen the 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 image of Steve Jobs the last month of his life going through his third bout of chemo or radiation, and he has this big epiphany that it, it wasn't Fuck about dog. it wasn't about all the things he thought life was about. Oh. Don't be that person that when you're 65 and you can't get around because you're on all these medicines for diabetes and high blood oh, pressure yeah. and cholesterol that you should be 65 and dominating life. You should be 75 and dominating life. So when you say, I don't have the time, please change that verbiage from I don't have the time to I'm not willing to f- make the time to shop for and prepare these foods. So um, just so I can get off of Michael Pollan and, and, and uh, in defense of food, let me just kind of lay out some of these teasers to make you want to pick up the book. Okay. When you walk into your supermarket, for us in the Southeast, Publix is where it's at. Yep. When you walk into Publix, shop the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Think about most supermarkets. The perimeter is where all the produce is mm-hmm. and the meats are mm-hmm. and the cheeses are. Shop it. The minute you start getting in the inside, you uh, find uh, packaged, uh, 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 uh. Pr- yeah, uh, processed Something else he says. If you can't pronounce the ingredients, you don't eat it. What do you mean? Dinexrohybochlorosidide is not good for me? Yeah. Uh, no. Nope. Nope. There's there's nothing. And by the way, fats are good for you. You know that? Uh, uh, huh? Fat, fats are good for you. And you want to talk about like tying it all together. So right now, one of my favorite shows, TV-wise, is on History Channel. Mm-hmm. Although I'm watching it literally, some on Netflix, some on History Channel, and I think some on Hulu. That's the world we live in today. Yes. <laughs> But it's called Alone, and Alone's a, a show about survivalists. Yep. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you watch Alone, you would think that the lady who has her trap lines out and is catching two to three rabbits mm-hmm. a week mm-hmm. is going to be totally healthy and totally full because of all that, that meat sustenance she's able to put in her body. Well, um, how about a little bit of a buzzkill here? No, she almost dies because she doesn't have enough fat in her diet. Hmm. Right? So- too many times we've let business affect our mindset and we buy things that are low cow, low fat. And it's like, no, you need fat in your diet. These are all things that Michael Pollan talks about and teaches, especially omega-3 fat. But the problem is with processed foods, omega-6 fat is what you end up with 10 times the amount that you need without enough omega-3 fat to counterbalance the two, all because business was trying to find a way Mm -hmm. to a make your food sweeter and b allow it to sit on shelves longer without going sour without rotting so that's the book but it's a must read for anyone who is serious about becoming healthier Mm. and it's if you read that after you read atomic habits you'll learn that through atomic habits it's not all or nothing in life right doing something for two minutes a day is better than not doing it at all if you want to write a book Maybe you dedicate two minutes a day to writing. Because mm. if you wrote two minutes a day every single day this year, 
you'd have wrote, written more words yeah. and become a better writer yep. than had you waited for that moment when you had a whole oh, weekend my, yeah, and I a just, great yeah, idea, yeah. right? So, so that's why I, I stagger these books in the way that they are. So the third book, In Defense of Food by Michael Pollan. All right. Fourth book, then we go to the fifth book, and then we'll, we'll get off for the episode. Okay. All right. Subtle Art of Not Giving a f- Nice. Mark Manson. Manson like Charlie, but way cooler. Nice. Killed way less people. Okay. Mark's a younger dude, too. Okay. Um, so he speaks to to a younger audience. He utilizes pop culture uh, in, in, in his writing. And it's a super easy read. It's very entertaining. But it, although it says the subtle art of not giving an F, mm-hmm. What you learn by reading it is we give the wrong Fs, mm. which then prevents us from getting the right Fs in life, mm. right? So you always heard, oh, I don't give an F. Well, maybe you should. So one of my favorite uh, lessons for me, particularly me, who naturally, for whatever um, reason, I have needed and felt uh, the desire to be the center of attention. Mm. I want to be able to walk in a room and all eyes on me. Yeah. I need to be liked by everyone. And in the book, he basically teaches me that, A, I'm given the wrong Fs. And I'm given the wrong Fs, and he goes on to detail that I am playing a game that I can't win. And the reason why I can't win the game is I don't get to make the rules. The people who are already in that room get to make them. Hmm. And I don't get to pick my opponent, nor do I know who my opponent is. Because my opponent, if I'm playing a game and I'm trying to win, has already been predetermined. So the rules change. I don't know them. I, I can't make the rules. And I'm playing against an opponent that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't prepare for. So Dustin is given the wrong Fs in that situation. Mm-hmm. My, my goal when I enter that room is not to be liked by everybody. I need to set a new goal. And my goal should be to have meaningful conversations mm-hmm. with as many people to figure out who is intriguing to me or who, who finds me interesting. Mm-hmm. But never, so, you know, I kind of set mm-hmm. the wrong goal. Mm-hmm. So Subtle Art of Not Getting an F, Mark Manson, uh, Ma- Manson, mm-hmm. Manson, yeah. um, is book number four. Then I had to throw in like an oldie but a goodie. Okay. Right? So hopefully, if you're listening this far into this podcast, you know or have heard of John Maxwell. Yeah. John C. Maxwell, number one, New York Times, best-selling author, like 2,700 oh, times yep, over. Yep. But, but... His book, The Five Levels of Leadership, it's a damn good book. Is it? Especially if you are a leader of an organization, a leader of a team. It's a must read. It's a must read. It breaks down to you, the reader, the five levels or the five steps that it takes to be a leader. Like level one is pretty easy to achieve. What's that? Someone threw manager on your name badge. Oh, okay. That's it. It doesn't mean you're a good leader. doesn't mean people want to follow you. It just means you are one because someone anointed it. It could have been you because you started the company and you called yourself president and CEO. It could have been because you drew the short straw and you play golf with your current supervisor and no one else wanted the job. Right. But that, you know, it it, it talks about that is level one. Mm -hmm. And then it talks about then what, what does it mean to get to level two? What does it mean to get to level three? What does it mean to get to level four and then by level five? And, and he'll, he'll teach this to you in the book. That is 
unicorns and rainbows. Mm. So few get to level five. Level five is where you have recreated, you have not only graduated from level one, then achieved level two, then level three, then level four. Five means that you've now recreated yourself mm. multiple times over. Gremlin effect. Jesus. Remember that, that movie, The Gremlins? Yeah, when they splash water on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for this, level five may take someone decades. They may never achieve it. They may be the most badass level four leader mm. the rest of their life, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because at level four, you have gained the respect of those that you follow. People follow you because they want to, not because they have to. Mm -hmm. You have the production and the results to warrant respect from your peers. Like, you know, that's a, a, a certain uh, component of level four. You get to level three, you have a, you're at a point where not only are you leading people want to follow you, but you have production. Mm -hmm. You know, production is basically the proofs in the pudding. Look at the numbers. Yeah. Um, but John Maxwell, Five Levels of Leadership, I think it's a great one. If you're trying to read five books over the next five months, it gives you a really good variety and not all the same type. Because quite honestly, you start reading a lot of these books mm -hmm. and they're very similar. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to keep away from that with these recommendations. Yeah. But that's it. That is shit Dio has read. <laughs> That he recommends you read, too. Call it Book Club with the Loan Officer Podcast. I like it. Yeah. But there you go, guys. Melissa, thank you for that great idea. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. This is and always will be the Loan Officer Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Please give us a review. Share this and tell your friends about us. And we will catch you on the flip side. Deuces. Deuces.